A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Off and running on a finally Friday morning. Good morning, everyone. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke. Glad to welcome you toward the weekend. A Mother's Day weekend at that. And if you're planning on doing something with mom this weekend, it looks like the weather is going to cooperate. We'll talk more with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist in the Compere Financial Weather Forecast, in about 15 minutes. But I can tell you, it looks like it's going to be sunny today, right around 55 for our daytime high. Partly sunny tomorrow and 58. Mostly cloudy on Sunday, highs around 60 degrees. It looks like it's going to stay dry into next week, and we're going to warm up. I'll let Stu give you the details coming up. Speaking of details, we're far from having the details on what the state budget is going to look like. But yesterday, the Joint Finance Committee decided that they were going to share a little insight into the direction they're going. Our own Aaron Zimmerman was there. We'll get the details for you. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. A few days ago, we talked about the deer survey in Wisconsin, and we know there are lots of them. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and there isn't much that isn't surveyed, including water. Pam, we can't count the water, so what's the water survey all about? Well, you know, it's actually an ongoing thing, Bob. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And it's something that I'm not sure a whole lot of people are necessarily aware of. It seems as if water only makes the headlines when there's a problem, when there's not enough of it, when it's uh, it's been contaminated or something like that. This story is about what Wisconsin's potato and vegetable growing industry is doing in the central sands area to try to work on getting answers, a comprehensive approach at what farmers and other stakeholders are doing, specifically with things like the Little Plover River. I got a chance to visit with Tamis Houlihan, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers, and asked him, tell me a little bit more about this survey, this Central Sands Lake study, and what it really means. Yes, uh, the DNR has been working on this study for several years, and they just came out with their findings a week or two ago. And so we appreciate the opportunity to carefully review it, and we do value the DNR's recommendation for a comprehensive approach that empowers farmers and other stakeholders to work cooperatively to take appropriate actions, which is a strategy we've successfully used with the Little Plover River on a project. And what were some of the initial findings that uh, that you noticed or the potato and vegetable growers noticed, Tamas? Because as I mentioned to you before we started this conversation, people are very, very sensitive on about water levels in central Wisconsin and really anywhere that uh, people gather. Tell me a little bit about the highlight items you noticed in the report. 
Well, a key point in the DNR study found that precipitation is the primary factor affecting lake level fluctuations. And that is something our farmers have known for years. Um, in an average year, the central sands gets over 32 inches of precipitation. And even the highest use vegetable crop only uses about 22 inches of water. So the vast majority of the time, agricultural irrigation will not have an adverse effect on lake levels. Right now, all of the lakes in the study are at historically high water levels. In fact, even Long Lake, the one that shows the most susceptibility to the effects of irrigation, is over four feet above a 50-year historical average. So it would take several years of continually dry conditions before the lake levels are brought back down to average levels, let alone below average levels. And so we appreciate that finding within the study as well as their, their um, approach to have farmers and other stakeholders take the lead role regarding water management and just allowing them to use the latest in technology and best practices to conserve water. How is this information going to be used, Tamas? I think that's the other thing that growers get a little worried about. Uh, this, as you pointed out, is, is friendly, so to speak, but how do they intend to use all of this uh, information? Well, it is a recommendation from the DNR, and believe me, we will stay focused on working with our partners and stakeholders to ensure that we do our part for water conservation. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the Little Plover River Project is a great example of how farmers collaborated with the DNR, the Wetlands Association, the Village of Plover to work together and find a solution to keep that river flowing above the public right stage. And it's been very successful. And so my take on it is that growers will continue to do their part and continue to do the the best practices they can to conserve water. So the groups that uh, take the most interest in this, Tamas, help us understand, uh, you live in this world all the time. I think for other areas of agriculture, they don't realize how much scrutiny goes into an average growing season for our potato and vegetable growers. You guys are about the only ones that are constantly visible when it comes to water use. Tell me about how this interaction all works together. Well, the farmers watch the forecasts very carefully, and they have to make sure that their crops are given the right amount of water at the right time to optimize growth to get the quality and the yield that they need. And so a lot of our focus has been on research. I mean, we invest um, well over $350,000 a year on research projects directly related to production agriculture, and a lot of them in recent years are directly related to water use. We've gotten much better at variable rate irrigation systems. A lot of our growers are using low-pressure systems and drop nozzles on their irrigation systems to allow the water to be applied closer to the ground. It reduces the amount of evaporation that can take place. We continue to investigate the best technology related to evapotranspiration or crop water use. And these measurements enable growers to apply precise amounts of water to meet the growing crop's needs. Um, we continually research new potato varieties, and we're trying to find the ones that are either drought tolerant or use less water to produce the yield and quality that growers need and consumers demand. 
And so it's kind of a, a constant um, research and education effort that makes our industry better and, and preserves the environment. So let's talk a little bit more about, uh, it, it's not just about these studies, Tamas. Uh, as you pointed out, potato growers, vegetable growers are engaged in this process right along. Now, as the summer unfolds, help people understand the monitoring process that uh, potato and vegetable growers are being encouraged to voluntarily kind of step up and get involved with. It's really not a part of this central sand study, but it is, to your point, an example of ongoing efforts voluntarily taken on by farmers. Right. As I stated, you know, the farmers watch their crops very carefully. They watch the weather forecast. They check the fields. They're using soil moisture probes and other weather monitoring equipment to help them decide, okay, when do we need to add a little bit of water? Uh, A potato crop is a water-intense crop that uses maybe 22 inches throughout the summer. A lot of that just comes in the form of rainfall, especially in recent years when we've had so much rainfall. And so they watch every week, did we get enough rainfall? If a certain area didn't, then they say, okay, let's apply X amount of irrigation water to this field. And it really becomes site-specific. It's field by field. I'm sure you know rain doesn't always fall evenly across, you know, the landscape. Obviously, there are, you know downpours in one area and two miles away they get nothing and so the farmers are constantly out in their fields checking the soil moisture levels checking the progress of the crop and doing their best it's it's really prescription farming today they look at an individual field and plants within that field and decide how much water how much nutrients are needed and they apply accordingly But you're always looking for cooperative farmers that can provide that data back to potato and vegetable growers. Not all growers, I mean, to your point, they all are very engaged in their water use and their plan, but you kind of encourage them to share that information with you, don't you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of cooperation, and in particular, this Little Plover River producer-led grant that we recently applied for and received involves the sharing of information not only among the five farms that are participating in the grant project but part of the the great you know department of ag producer-led grant program is that you share with other farmers in other areas and so there are outreach events and field days where we get other groups together and there's a great sharing of information we have several educational events throughout the course of the year including our annual grower education conference, where they're not only sharing with each other, but they're getting the results of the university-funded research. And so some of our outstanding University of Wisconsin scientists will come and report on the results of their studies. And again, it all helps um, in terms of growing a better crop and doing so with conservation in mind. Well, just so you know, that's what our potato and vegetable growers are doing right now as they begin their spring planting chores and growing another crop that you will depend on. Tamas Houlihan, along with us, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers. If you kind of want to see more details on that recently released study from the Central Sands folks, you can pop on over to our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. You'll need what's under the hood to make noise. Or you'll miss the real noise. Hammered one. Interstate All Battery Center in Middleton carries long-lasting car and truck batteries for power-hungry fans of the game. After all, you'd rather listen to a brewer than a bummer. Your soundtrack of summer relies on Interstate All Battery Center in Middleton. Interstate batteries. Outrageously dependable. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, hallelujah. It is a Friday, and it's a Friday that I hope will send us into the weekend with good weather for Mother's Day and other outdoor activities. Let's talk about it. Compere Financial Ag Weather Updates. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us. I uh, was kind of just looking at the schedule. You know, things are starting to pick up a little bit as far as your options for the weekend. Hopefully, you've got a couple things that you can do with mom this weekend compared to a year ago. But some of those things might be outside, Stu. What do you got? Well, not bad, but it will be cooler than normal. And I think uh, we look toward Mother's Day Sunday probably going to be about 10 degrees cooler than our normal. Mm. And those normals are mid-60s in the south and east, upper 60s in the west. So I'm saying 50s, and there probably will be a few clouds around by then, too. You know, I I doubt we're going to spend all day out in the yard doing something like that. Uh, Today, we talk of a cool front pulling away from southeast Wisconsin, but that's where there is just a little rain east of Lake, east and south of Lake Winnebago, if you will, and down toward West Bend in the southeast Wisconsin. Still some rain falling over there, sprinkly showers in the west. It has dried out, and I expect that for the most part, everybody away from that southeast Wisconsin area will have an okay sunny Friday. The skies will clear out in the southeast as well as the day progresses, but those temperatures do remain cooler than normal, a good 10 degrees cooler than normal today. Not many big changes in that temperature pattern right through the weekend. I don't expect that you know anybody's going to get really warm anywhere, but we're not also going to be really cold, with the exception, I guess I have to qualify, 
frost becoming a possibility quite late tonight into Saturday morning. Those new plants you may have out in the flower pot, maybe something you bought from mom, bring them in, cover them up, take care of them tonight. We may have to do just that again Sunday night, early Monday, as that cool air tries to settle in around that time. You know, we're not into this uh, really warmed up time in, in May where we don't worry about it. And the cool air that's in store and the strong high is going to help to keep some of that cool air in place. Now, the little front passes through early today. High pressure slides in for a while. But the next low will move east between, oh, say, about Kansas to southern Missouri. And there's a reason that uh, there may be a small rain chance way far in the southern edge of Wisconsin. Probably a little bit further south. But that small chance around late Saturday night or just into Sunday don't expect it to add up to much. Trace amounts, maybe a tenth of an inch in far southern Wisconsin, and the cool air builds in behind it again then as we look on toward Monday. Not the best of news, I understand, but I'm not saying a freeze or anything, just kind of frosty where we get back to that freezing point in the really late night or call it early, early morning hours. I'll have forecast details right after this. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You're grateful for all the ways technology can connect us. Unfortunately, there are online scammers who want to take advantage. Malicious viruses, phishing scams, and identity theft are more prevalent than ever. That's why Rural Mutual includes cybersecurity protection as an option on every policy. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, my friend, let's have that Compure Financial uh, outlook for today right on through the weekend. It's it, like you said, may need to keep a sweater around if you're going to be doing some stuff with mom. Yeah, I think so. You're going to want to be a little covered up from time to time. Today, of course, a few sprinkles in the east and far southeast Wisconsin this morning. And otherwise, for most places, mostly sunny skies. The clearing will come in the east throughout the day. A lot of mid-50s, although lacrosse could see some upper 50s, with winds out of the northwest about 5 to 15. It's tonight that we clear out and that frost is possible as we head toward the early morning hours. I'd look for nighttime lows down toward freezing low 30s with the north winds at 5 to 10 and after what could be a frosty start i'd look for clouds to redevelop for saturday you know it may be brighter in the morning but the clouds roll in again in the upper 50s could be some mid 50s in the east the winds become southeast about five and then even late saturday night or into sunday a small chance of scattered light rain especially in the south mostly cloudy sunday a lot of upper 50s, maybe a 60 at lacrosse. The northeast winds at 5 to 15. But even late Sunday night, early Monday, Pam, could be a little frosty as we talk again on early Monday morning. So uh, that cool air just hanging around. Like you said, if you've got uh, posies for mom this weekend, make sure that you're exercising a little care. It'd be awful to give her something with a flopped over head, hey? <laughs> well, that'd be something I'd probably do, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's why I bring it up. All right, my boy, have a good weekend. Appreciate it, Stu. 
You bet. Take care. <laughs> Stumuck, ag meteorologist. Yes, he is the kid that would do that. I've known him a long time, folks. He is the kid that would do that. Well, around the state this morning, like we said, it's a little cooler than you might like, but we sure hope that you're looking forward to the weekend. Got a couple items that you might want to consider this weekend as far as activities are concerned. That's your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. When someone is injured in a bad crash, they probably know that smart, experienced attorneys can help. But if they've never hired an attorney before... It can be easy to put it off until later, instead of calling right away to get the help they urgently need. Unfortunately, that delay can end up causing expensive losses on top of the harm someone has already suffered. At Clifford & Rihala, we understand how someone who has been injured in a crash may be confused or even scared to reach out for help. We understand how injuries, medical bills, and lost work can leave people exhausted and overwhelmed. Call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim and work with experienced attorneys with a track record of success to help get you your maximum compensation. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. So you've got a bigger project that you're looking at this year. Well, guess what? McFarland's is your partner for success. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City or online, McFarland's.net. I'm talking about the bigger pieces you're looking at. The brush cutters, the pull-behind mowers, balers, tedders. Guess what? McFarland's has got the selection you're looking for, plus they service everything they sell. Go to the store, 780 Carolina Street, or shop online as well, mcfarlands.net. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, speaking, or understanding someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't Don't wait wait until until it's too late. late. 
Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Crevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent DePaul, helping our neighbors in need. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. Just give me a quick, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, five to 10 minutes on the Packers draft that was starting with Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia with that pick number 29. Yeah, why don't we go real quick, Evo, and I'll just kind of give you a thumbs up, thumbs down, Please. three, four sentences on each guy if you want to do it that, that way. Sounds beautiful. You know, I, 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 Stokes, thumbs up. You know, it, it, it probably was a little higher than he deserved to go, Evo, but you, you can't teach that kind of speed. You know, 4-3, give or take. Um, he's his hands are atrocious, Evo. He's he's going to drop a lot of footballs that are going to drive Packer Nation nuts. Well, good thing um, he's not a receiver. <laughs> which this, and that's why he's not a receiver. <laughs> that's why he was turned to corner at a young age because his hands are are so atrocious. But but I'll tell you what, I I, I think he's got far more upside than Kevin King does. Um, whether he beats Kevin King out this year or not, we we'll see. I. I it was interesting on, on Saturday night, Matt LaFleur threw open the door and said that, you know, that that's pretty much an open competition there between Stokes and King, and Stokes will be given every chance to win the job. And, you know, King can't go and play nickel, guys. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, you know, exactly ringing endorsement for Kevin King here in, in 2021. I, I still think he's on the roster, guys. But um, it, it is interesting if he loses out to Stokes what they would, what they would exactly do with him. Um, but, no, Stokes overall, guys, I think really good pick. Um, anybody who can run like that, I think the other parts of the game you can teach. He's outstanding in press, not as good when he's off. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes from here, guys, but I like that pick quite All a right, bit. Robbie, we'll go more rapid fire here. Josh Myers, the offensive lineman out of Ohio State. Corey Lindsley-Light been described. We'll, we'll go even quicker. I think he's a plug-and-play guy, Evo. I think he starts from day one. They don't have to screw around with those other four positions on the line. He's an Ohio State kid with a lot of the same intangibles that Corey Lindsley had, guys, coming out of Ohio State. He's even bigger. He's about two and a half inches bigger than Lindsley, guys, taller. Um, 
guess what? Jordan Love's about two inches taller than Aaron Rodgers, too. <laughs> People were saying, why do they want a six-five center? Well, maybe the quarterback's going to be six foot four. Oh, so whoa. Josh Myers, guys, I think is your opening day starter. At so center. that's cor- that's going to be then uh, Jordan Love's center. Wow, look at that, Rob. All right, Amari Rodgers, the wide receiver out of Clemson. I I enjoyed this pick. I like this pick. What do we think? My favorite pick of the draft for them, Evo. Gutekunst was bold. He went up to get him. Um, he said on, I don't know, it was Friday or Saturday, he said at 62, which was their second-round pick, he could not decide between Myers and Rodgers, and eventually went Myers because O-line was a greater need. Um, as Myers dropped a little bit there into the middle or later part of the third round, he made the move up, went to get him. Um, they haven't had a slot guy since Randall Cobb's career came to kind of a close in 2018, and even the last couple of years, guys, of Randall Cobb wasn't like the first five or six years of Randall Cobb. So he's going to give them a weapon on that offense, guys, they haven't had in you know three or four years for sure. Love the pick. Another lineman, Royce Newman out of uh, Mississippi. What do we think? A little bit of a reach. Versatile kid, guys. I mean, um, he probably Evo, even has the p- potential to play all five offensive line spots because he played some center at the Senior Bowl. He was a tackle and guard at Old Miss. But um, he, he showed he could play a little tackle at the Senior Bowl, although he got, although he got a tail whooped around quite a bit when, yeah. he, when he was doing that. But, but no, guys, I, you know, I, I think, again, Bakhtiari's not going to be ready, let's say, in all likelihood for week one. He's going to probably have every chance to, to go and fight them you know, for, for one of those spots. Let's just say they move Elton Jenkins out to left tackle or they move Jenkins guys to right tackle and Billy Turner over to left. There's an open spot there then at guard opposite of Patrick. And it'll probably come down then to to Newman or uh, or Runyon, um, you know, the kid who got about 150 snaps yeah. last year. So no, Newman's going to have a chance, guys, right away to make make a contribution. And um, you know, I, again, his versatility is his greatest strength. He, uh, you know, guys, long term, I, I think he has, I think he has a real good chance, but a slight reach. All right, Robbie, we went defense two times in the fifth round to Daryl Slayton out of Florida, the defensive lineman, and then Shamir Jean Charles, the cornerback out of Appalachian State. What do we think starting with the, the Florida product? Slayton's totally boomer bust, Evo. Um, didn't do a whole heck of a lot at Florida. One-year starter, uh, developmental type of a player. The good news for him is the Packers, I think, have one of the better defensive line coaches in football named Jerry Montgomery. Um, if anybody can get him to play, uh, you know, let's even say B-level football, you've hit a home run taking him in round five. He's a massive man, guys, so theoretically he should help against the run. He's going to give you nothing in the pass game, though. Um, we'll see. I, I'm total boomer bust, Evo. All right, and then uh, Gene Charles, the cornerback, Appalachian State. Here we use a lot of F words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, I have to admit, sometimes there are stories that I deliver to you that I can hardly believe myself. And that's kind of the way I feel about the vaccination situation in rural Wisconsin. John Ike is the director of Wisconsin's Office of Rural Health. I talked to him yesterday about how rural communities are lagging behind when it comes to getting vaccinated. And he tells me that a majority of the white conservative males in rural Wisconsin are the ones that are lagging behind the most. That surprises me. We're telling you more about that story and how you can get connected with a vaccination clinic near you before we wrap it up on a Friday. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. 
Today is the seventh day of May. This one caught my attention on this day back in 1932. An illegal distillery was discovered. It was in Rock County. It was the largest ever illegal liquor distillery that was found. And what's really interesting is the distillery was found in the Wisconsin School for the Blind. And ironically, that school was founded by one of the founders of the Women's Christian Temperance Union. That happened on this day back in 1932. On this day in 1915, a German U-boat sank the RMS Lusitania. And on this date in 2000, Vladimir Putin became president of Russia, and he's still there. Now you know. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Well, the budget battle has begun down at the state capitol, trying to take a look at what Governor Tony Evers proposes for a state budget versus elected officials and what they believe should be priorities. Our own Aaron Zimmerman has more. I had the chance to visit with Senator Howard Markline, co-chair of the Joint Finance Committee, following their Thursday press conference. He ensured that agriculture is one of his top priorities and will not be forgotten in upcoming budget discussions. I've been a strong advocate of agriculture. We had an agriculture uh, committee meeting yesterday. Um, so, you know, the, the things, the, the items uh, that could potentially be considered uh, that the governor has proposed for lapses in the Department of Agriculture. Uh, I objected to that, and we're not going to be uh, um, adopting any of those lapses in the Department of Agriculture. Senator Mark Klein is confident that his committee has the right background to be able to relate to the needs of farmers and rural communities in Wisconsin during their decision-making process. Well, I'm so confident now with the composition of our joint finance committee that we've got rural people, farm people, people that understand you know what it's like to live in, in rural areas. So uh, that's incredibly important, I, I believe, uh, and, uh, and hopeful you know, for our rural communities. For Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Nice job, Aaron. Another story that we're watching from the state capitol is when Wisconsin Ag Secretary-designee Randy Romanski can expect confirmation. Earlier this week, they had a hearing and heard all kinds of support for Romanski as our Wisconsin Ag Secretary, but they have yet to schedule a vote, as far as the full Senate is concerned, to confirm Romanski as our Wisconsin Ag Secretary. We'll keep you posted on that. Another story that's developing and involves a Wisconsin farmer is a lawsuit. The Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty has filed a lawsuit in federal court challenging alleged race discrimination in the American Rescue Plan. That plan, of course, proposed by President Joe Biden, actually allows for loan forgiveness based on racial categories. A Wisconsin farmer from Calumet County has joined in a lawsuit asking the federal government basically to take the race element out of that loan forgiveness. His name is Adam Faust. He is a dairy farmer himself from Calumet County. He also is a double amputee that is farming. And he stumbled on this lawsuit just based on not believing that race discrimination would be allowed by the federal government. Well, when they started talking about this program to uh, pay off farm loans and base it off of race exclusively, I really didn't expect that to uh, 
make it into the final bill. But when it did, I at that point, I kind of figured that there would be organizations jumping on that immediately, being that in this country is not based, doesn't base anything on racism or shouldn't be, and to actually have that in a bill with exclusive language saying that they're going that they were going to pay people solely based on one qualification and that being race. I uh, felt that something needed to be done and we needed to get this uh, settled before it gets mm-hmm. to the point where it gets worse. Yeah, and but uh, again, you're a full-time farmer, not uh, necessarily always connected with uh, legal anglings of this type. How did you kind of get into the lawsuit side of things? Um, actually, I heard uh, Rick Essenberger from uh, Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty on a radio show talking about a completely different subject, but it kind of sparked me to think that, you know, this might be the type of organization, the type of person that might actually be willing to uh, go to bat for us. So I sent him an email, and within an hour probably, I had, they were on the phone and discussing options and going ahead with it. And because you were not the only person that had noticed this as discriminatory. No, I think they they already had five uh, potential, five or six uh, potential plaintiffs already on board with it. And I was actually the last one to, to sign on with them just uh, actually a couple of days before that got filed. Adam Faust, he's a dairy farmer from Calumet County, a double amputee himself and one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit against the federal government, uh, charging them with race discrimination in the American Rescue Plan that ultimately was designed to offer loan forgiveness to farmers based on racial categories. Now, the federal government is currently reviewing that lawsuit. Adam said they are not looking for any kind of financial compensation All they want is the race component of that uh, American Rescue Plan removed. We'll keep you posted. Markets in overnight late trade this morning are again pretty robust. December corn's up a nickel at 6.30. November beans up 15.5 at 14.24. The July wheat's up 10.25 cents at 7.63. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped seven cents to one seventy-seven and a half. Forty-pound block cheese was down four and a quarter at one seventy-six, while double A butter gained a penny and a quarter at one seventy-four and three quarters per pound. Fluid milk contracts on a Friday morning. June is actually down a penny, nineteen dollars a hundredweight. July milk that's up a penny at nineteen twenty-five, and the August milk that's currently down two at nineteen thirty-nine a hundredweight. Don't forget uh, more food news whenever you need it, MidwestFarmReport.com. Do you need to get vaccinated? Boy, I was surprised to find out that white conservative males in rural Wisconsin are the ones that need that message most. You are lagging behind. Talking about it next with John Ike from the Wisconsin Office of Rural Health. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This is Jeff Dunn from Dunn's Import Car Service in Middleton. I have been in the import car repair business for over 40 years. I started Dunn's Import in 1979, and I am very proud of our shop, technicians, 
and our ethics. This is a business that takes career professionals. Remember, driving is far from free, and it is a huge responsibility. Drive safely and pay attention. Thank you. From Dunn's Input. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I think we're all optimistic about what summer holds in store for us this year versus last. County Fair is coming back online. June Dairy Celebrations coming back into play. But that doesn't mean that everyone is heeding the warning about getting their vaccination. And rural Wisconsin, in particular, white conservative males seem to be lagging behind as far as stepping up to get that vaccination. That's one of the conversation pieces I picked up yesterday with John Ike. He is the director of the Wisconsin Office of Rural Health. He's been monitoring the progress of the COVID-19 vaccination program and says rural Wisconsin specifically is lagging behind and more Wisconsin farmers need to step up and get that shot. Yes, it's definitely seeming that we're seeing it kind of crystallize. Uh, the the groups that are, are the least eager to um, drive up to the clinic and get that shot, uh, one of them would be white conservative voters. Um, uh, rural areas tend to have a lot of those, and uh, so we're seeing um, a real need there. Um, we also have demographics like uh, black and Hispanic groups. Um, those uh, will tend to see more in urban areas. Um, but for, for rural parts of the state and ag, um, I think uh, it's, a, it's a combination of things. It's certainly messaging that we've seen, but it's also just it's scheduling. It's how do you leave the farm uh, when you've got a million things to do, and this is, you know, here we are in spring, and you have to book an appointment somewhere, you have to find that, you have to, uh, you know, schedule it. Uh, usually there's two shots. Um, you have to get into town and back, and then we hear that some people have, uh, you know, sort of flu-like symptoms the day after it. Um, so all of that is something to consider, and can, if someone's sitting on the fence, can make them kind of uh, stay there and not hop off, which is what we'd like to see them do. Um, and so, yes, federal money coming for um, uh, to rural health clinics, to rural hospitals, uh, to any vaccinating clinics like community pharmacies and, and some of the bigger ones, um, just to try and find ways and places to get uh, shots to people. And how much, I mean, we're talking a tremendous amount of money from a lot of different avenues. As an administrator, John, um, how are we going to use that money? I mean, where is it going to go? Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, on one hand, you think, the, the, you know, the, the, the federal government and the country are really throwing everything they have at this. And so, you know, we're talking about people's health. So that's, that's great. We're, you know, we're pleased. However, um, it is coming so fast. Um, it reminds me of the kind of uh, post-9-11 preparedness money 
when um, you know the federal government just threw money at, at every entity available uh, to try and get up and running as far as preparing. Uh, the same thing is true now, and and as everyone knows, it's much better if we have a little bit of time to think about it, uh, to to plan, uh, to be the most effective. But we're also dealing with people getting sick and dying from this, so there's a sense of urgency. So that being said, I wish it was I wish it was a little slower, but here we are. Um, so the question is how we can best um, utilize the money to make sure that it is going into vaccination and treatment of people with COVID, uh, treatment of people with long-haul COVID, in other words, long-time sufferers from this. Um, so that's what everyone is scrambling to do. You know, I've talked with people in state government, Department of Health Services, that are doing their best to, to figure this out rapidly on a, in a turnaround, fast turnaround, on top of the work that they're already doing, just trying to manage the COVID situation and every other health condition that we're dealing with. Um, you know, when I talk to some federal people, again, they're just scrambling to try and make this work and get this out to the states. And then once we get to the county level, we've got those poor, overworked public health, county public health workers. Um, we've got rural hospital and clinic staff. EMS always under uh, under the gun. Um, you know, with uh, primarily volunteer services in rural areas, um, trying to do for their neighbors. So it's a it's a system that's been strained, and money helps a lot of things, but it doesn't help everything. What it really comes down to is people's uh, interest and willingness to help out, to do something for their neighbor, and and by that, and I think you know, in in rural areas, we're proud of the fact that if um, somebody's barn burns or uh, if someone needs something that uh, we show up, we're there. Um, and I think we just have to translate that to say, this is another way to show up. And that way is to, to get a vaccination so I can be sure not to spread COVID to others that are at greater risk for myself. I can say, you know what, I'd probably be fine. I mean, I might not be, but I'm probably gonna be fine. But that might not be true for my parents or uh, someone else's parents, grandparents, etc. So. We need to protect them, and that's the way we can do that is by um, just stepping up and doing the right thing. Yeah, you and I had talked before, John, about one of the problems, so to speak, in rural Wisconsin is one community may have had relatively little, if not few, cases of COVID that the neighborhood's talking about, whereas the next community over might have been devastated by it. That's not helping our cause. It's not, and I think, you know, it's, it's both human nature, and for some reason it just strikes me as it's, it's also a, a community thing that if I can't see it around me, you know, if I haven't experienced it myself, it feels a little far off. And then, um, you know, and that it feeling far off can feel like, well, yeah, that's not really a thing for here. You sort of see this in crime all the time. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, a story uh, about some crime, and what do the neighbors always say? Boy, I never would have expected that here. Um, uh, and you can bet that once that crime happened in their neighborhood, people will start to lock their doors a little bit more. Um, they'll start to take more precautions that they didn't before, keep a sharper eye out. And not all of that is good. You know, we, we want to be friendly with our neighbors. But at the same time, it often takes something to hit close to home for us to take it seriously. And I think especially as we get into farmlands where there's lots of land around us, or there's smaller communities, if no one in our community or county 
even uh, that we know of has experienced it, you're like, oh, that's, that's a thing they are dealing with, not a thing that we are dealing with. So, yeah, that's always a struggle. That's John Ike. He is the director of Wisconsin's Office of Rural Health. If you're still struggling to try to figure out how you get in line for your vaccination, where you get your vaccination, facts about the vaccine itself, it's very available to you. You can talk to your employer. You can talk to your local pharmacy. You can talk to your doctor or health care provider. You can also visit community-based vaccination clinics or on-site vaccination clinics. You can contact your local health department. You can also just Google, where can I get my vaccination? And sites will come up in Wisconsin. Or you can call toll-free 844-684-1064. And that's available in multiple languages. Again, the number, if you want to find out where you can get vaccinated, 844-684-1064. But by all means, folks, please do make an attempt to at least try and get vaccinated. Uh, The misinformation that has been swirling around in a lot of rural Wisconsin is uh, not going to help us. And uh, as John Ike said, get away from the misinformation and instead get the truth and get vaccinated. All right, we're all out of time for a finally Friday morning. Don't forget, through the weekend, if you need more, MidwestFarmReport.com. We'd welcome you to sign up for our daily e-newsletter. Then you don't have to go anywhere. It will come to you. And, of course, as always, encourage you to follow us, Fabulous Farm Babe, on Facebook. Happy Mother's Day weekend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one-of-a-kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers, a couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. The River Food Pantry, Dane County's busiest food pantry, celebrates 15 years of caring, compassion, and community. The River's Birthday Bash is Saturday, May 15th, with music, raffles, food, drinks, and goodie bags all served curbside. You'll take home a beautiful meal, enjoy music, a wine pole, and raffle, all from the safety of your car, and all while supporting Dane County families facing food insecurity. Go to riverfoodpantry.org for tickets. Celebrating 15 years of caring, compassion, and community. Riverfoodpantry.org. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert.